Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out in your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. Last week, I guess I was told I need to recap again to make sure we're all on the same page. This this sermon series is is titled "So Fresh and So Clean," and so depending on maybe some cultural things, maybe some generational things, you already know wh- where this title came from. Maybe you you don't know where this title came from. I I grew up um, in Atlanta, in the suburbs of Atlanta, not in the church, and so my favorite musical group was. This group called Outcast. And Outcast had this song, and this song, I mean, it, like last week I, I, was, I was almost dancing in church. It was just, if you never heard the song, we're going we're to play a little snippet of the song. We're going to play a little, it, it, this is the song. Okay, okay, that's all the song that we can play in church that would be appropriate. That's the only part of the song, but that was the song, and it was the jam, and I'm so glad they're only playing it once to give you a little taste of it, because if they played it two or three times, you would see all the lack of rhythm, but the passion, I mean, it, that, was, that, was, that was one of my jams. And so, so the, the point of the song is the, the guy is so fresh and so clean. He dresses so well. He looks so good. There's nobody as dope as him, nobody as cool as him, nobody looks as good as him. And, and that, that would, I wouldn't encourage you to Google the words or anything like that. But, but, but that's kind of the point of the song. And, and last week we talked about God has made us so fresh and so clean. And that we, when we are in Christ, um, we, God sees us as fresh and clean. That that's how he sees us when we're in Christ. He sees us so fresh and so clean. And, and today we're going to look at how that actually happens and how that actually doesn't happen. And so if you're in Romans chapter 5, I'm going to begin in verse 12. It says, therefore, now anytime in the scripture you see the word therefore, you need to go back and look at what it's there for. So in order to do that here, you need to go back um, and read the beginning of this chapter, especially beginning in verse 6, because this is, actually this whole book, really all of the scripture is amazing, right? But I love this book, especially um, in this series. It just speaks to it so much. We could preach just out of Romans for this entire series. But beginning in verse 6, it talks about us being weak, and at the right time, God still died for us, even though we were ungodly, and how some would even die for a righteous man, but there's not anybody that would die um, for someone who wasn't righteous. Like your enemies, you're not really dying for. Maybe you'd die for somebody who's great or amazing in your eyes, but God showed his love for us that while we were still sinners, he died for us. And then we've been justified by his blood and by his sacrifice, and we've been reconciled. And more than that, in verse 11, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So we've been redeemed, we've been justified, we've been reconciled. And then in verse 12, therefore, because all of that has happened, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. So here, we need to have a little bit of understanding of, of, of this one man. This one man here is actually talking about Adam. 
And now, I know many of you all, you know all of this, you, you, you have Genesis to Revelation memorized, um, but, but for the rest of us who, who don't have Genesis to Revelation memorized, and maybe there's some people in here or who will be listening who didn't really grow up in church and don't really know all of this in this story. Um, God created Adam. Adam was the first man. God, God um, after he was done creating everything, uh, then he creates this woman, and and in this, there's the story of creation, and you can go all the way back to Genesis 1 and, and Genesis 3, but God created Adam, and he created him in his own image, and, and so Adam was perfect. In other words, Adam was so fresh and so clean, like he was, he, he, he was perfect because God had made him. There had not been any sin entered into the world, and it was perfect just the way God had designed it. He creates uh, this woman, and her name is Eve, and she comes in, and she's created out of Adam's rib, and God tells Adam, not Eve, but he tells Adam not to eat of the tree of the uh, knowledge of good and evil. Now, Adam then apparently tells Eve because Eve gets a little mixed up, and when she talks about this, she says, no, not only should we not eat of it, we shouldn't touch it. Um, and that's not exactly what God said, but God didn't say it to Eve, he said it to Adam. And then we know that Satan comes in and he deceives Eve But Adam is there, and they both disobey God, and they eat of the the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they disobey God, and they bring sin into the world. Now, when they bring sin into the world, sin comes in, but sin has its boys with it. It has its running buddies. It has its guys. Um, And and that is is disease, and that is pain, and that is lack, and that is fear, and ultimately that is death. All of this is introduced into the world because of this one man that we're reading about here named Adam. You know, when when I was first learning about all this, not like this week, but like a long time ago when I was first learning about all this, I used to be so mad at Adam like come on man like you had one job like one like one job just don't eat of that one tree now God God created all of this and made it amazing I'm sure there were a lot of other trees that that were just as uh, uh, amazing but God just said don't eat of this one and you know how it is if I'm like whatever you do right now do not turn around and look in the back don't look in the back don't do it Every one of you, even right now, you know there's nothing going on in the back. But just because I said it, you want to. I, I do this with our kids when they, when they get upset. And they get upset and they have this like sad face on. And they, you know, they're pouting. And I'll say, okay, okay. And, and my dad used to do this. I didn't come up with this. But I'll say, okay, okay. Whatever you do, don't you smile. Don't do it. No, no, no. No, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. And inevitably, every single time, they, just, they can't help it. They just start smiling, right? And that's what it is. Like, God's like, don't, don't, don't eat of that tree. Don't eat of that tree. And Adam's like, oh, that's the one tree I want to eat of. And then Satan comes in and tricks Eve into eating of that tree. I don't have time to get into all that because I, I, could, I could be hours on that. And because they both did this, but specifically Adam disobeying God, he brings sin into the world. He brings disease. He brings sickness. He brings death. He brings pain. He brings lack into the world. Now, this is important because um, all of us were in Adam, Everyone that's ever been born of a man came from Adam. You can trace your heritage and your genealogy back as far as you want, but eventually, if you keep going, it will come back to one man named Adam. 
And so everyone born of man was in Adam. And so when Adam brought sin into the world and into himself, he brought it into us. And now, therefore, we've all been actually born into sin, every person that's been born of a man. So in verse 13, it says, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Now, now we don't have time to get into all of this, but in verse 14, it says, yet death reigned or death was made king from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. Now, there's a lot of theology in this. There's a lot that we could get. There's a lot of different directions that we can make this very deep and we could go into a deeper study of this. But here's what I believe God wants us to, to point out and know here today. Adam's sin made all of us unclean. All of us. We, we, we were unclean. We've been unclean. But we cannot be made clean by the law. Because here we read that sin indeed was in the world before the law was given. And you can go back in Genesis and read all the sin that was in the world before the law even was established. So the law can't fix sin because the sin was here before the law. The remedy for sin cannot be the law because the law just really exposes sin and reveals sin. It doesn't actually produce sin. It cannot be the, the, the remedy for the sin. And so what does that mean? You are not able to make yourself clean. It doesn't matter how much of the law you keep, you can't make yourself clean. Because sin was Sin predates the law. The law is not what brings sin. The law cannot remove sin. There is nothing that you can do to remove even one of your sins, much less all of your sins. You right now could say, you know what? I am going to be the best Christian that this world has ever seen. I'm going to wake up before the, way before the sun comes up. I was going to play basketball this week, and, and the guy was like, you got to be here at this time. I'm like, the sun ain't even close to being up. And he sent me this, you know, real King James, like, a while before the sun comes up. Like, man, I don't think they were talking about going to play basketball. <laughs> but you could decide, like, I, I'm going to, I am going to wake up way before the sun comes up, and I'm just going to pray, and, and, and I'm going to fast, and I'm going to never tell another lie. I'm going to go to church every time that it's open. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do good, and I'm going to do all these Christian good deeds. And none of that, not, not, I don't care how great you are at that, will remove even one of your sins. Remember last week we looked at we all fall short of the glory of God. We've all missed it. We've all sinned. So we all have at least one sin, at least one sin in our life. And let's be honest, we have more than one sin in our lives. And you go back and look at the entirety of your life. You've sinned more than once. And if there is nothing that you can do in keeping the law and keeping these rules and regulations to remove even one sin, much less all of our sins, in Adam we were all made unclean. And, I, and, and this, you know, we can hear this, and especially in our day and our time, I think we've lost sight of just the nastiness of sin. I think we've lost sight of how bad sin is and the stain of sin and the power of sin. I mean, I mean, honestly, I think we've gotten to this place because our society, our culture, just in this day, in our country, like we, we are doing so well. Most of us are doing so much better than any of our parents have done. I was meeting with a guy, a friend of mine, 
And he just bought a house this week. And he was like, I am the first one in my family to actually buy a house. Like we're doing better than the previous generations. And, and we begin to, to look at that and like pat ourselves on the back and, and think that everything's okay. And a lot of churches, I don't know a lot of churches, but, but a lot of stuff that I read and I hear online and stuff is, is so much about, you know, man, don't worry about any of your sins and, and all that and God loves you. And, and man, that's great and it's true. But we can't lose sight of the fact of the nastiness of sin. And the power of sin. Praise God, you're doing better than your parents. You're making more money. You got a better job. You're doing this. You got a bigger house. Whatever. That, that's great. And, and man, God loves you. And he does. And I'm going to prove that to you. And we're going to continue to look at that, how he makes you clean. But we can't skip over the fact that sin is nasty. Sin is powerful. Sin puts a stain on you that you're not able to clean up. Sin breaks God's heart. Sin is actually what produces death. And, and if we ever begin to downplay sin to the point where, ah, it's not that big a deal, then, 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 we're, then we're, we are, first of all, we're getting apart from what the scriptures tells us of our worldview. But even more than that, we begin to take for granted that the power and the grace that God has given to us. And we lose sight of what that actually means and what that is. Death is a result of sin. And here we read that death was king through sin. It reigned, meaning it was king. And a king gets to call the shots. A king gets to say what happens and what doesn't happen. And because of sin coming into the world, death became king through that sin. So the moment that we sinned, that very moment, we doomed ourselves to an eternity apart from God because God can't coexist with sin. And we cannot do anything to remove even one of our sins, much less multiple sins. But there is good news. So go to uh, continue. let's continue reading verse 15. It says, but the free gift, I'm telling you, one day, one day, I'm going to preach a sermon series. Called, I like big butts. Because this is a big butt right here. B-U-T, just one T. No, not two T's, just one T. Just one T. All of the, like, we can't do anything about our sin. And death is king through sin. And sin has separated us from God. But, that's a big but. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, that one man being Adam, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. There is a free gift that's available to us. And this free gift is different than the inherited trespass because the trespass is inherited. Like we were born into sin because we were in Adam. And in Adam, Adam brought sin. And therefore, we all fall short of the glory of God. We didn't choose that. I mean, we, we choose to sin. But, but that sin nature, that sin consciousness, what we were born with, I didn't choose to come into that. That was inherited. But this free gift is not like that because this free gift is not forced upon you. You, it's not even inherited. There are no grandkids in heaven. It's a choice that you have to make, but it's a free gift and a choice that you get to make. You don't have to earn it. You can't earn it. There's not enough works in the law to be able to earn it. It is a free gift given for us to receive. Let me take a little 30-second side journey. For a long time, I, I heard, you know, 
when you have kids, they are a blank slate, and you get to you get to paint that picture, and you get to you know shape them and all that. And that's not true. Your kids are not a blank slate. Because if your kids are anything like my kids, they came out selfish. And, not, not, and you took that in a bad way. But look, they wanted what they wanted when they wanted it. They wanted to eat when they wanted to eat. They wanted to sleep when they wanted to sleep. They did what they wanted to do and, if, and try, to, try to make them do something different. I'm not going to talk about the birthday party yesterday. There were some kids there that they wanted what they wanted. And when they didn't get what they wanted, it was not okay. That's not a blank slate. Their parents didn't teach them that. I've not met a parent that says, listen, 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 little Johnny, little baby Johnny. As soon as you don't get what you want, scream at the top of your lungs and cry like you got no bit. No, no, no parent has taught their kid that. No parent has taught their kid, make this, make sure this is yours and don't share anything with anybody. No, we don't teach our kids that. They're not a blank slate. They are born into sin. And they have to be given and taught and led towards the free gift. That's just like us. Now, if you were like me and, 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 and <laughs> your parents didn't really do that for you, now, now you got you to gotta learn how to do that on your own and then be able to do that for others. It's a side journey. Here we're told many died through Adam's sin, but the grace of God is greater than the sin and death that Adam passed down to us. Now, we're going to look at that more. Verse 16 says, and the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. So because Adam's act of disobedience, we are all, it it brought this condemnation on us. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. So Adam's act of disobedience brought condemnation. But Jesus' act of obedience brought justification. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned or was king through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. That word justification there means acquittal. So, so let's break this down. Now, you, you've heard the story of Adam, and many of you, are, again, you know the story of Jesus, but Jesus was born to a woman named Mary who was actually a virgin, which is important because that means Jesus was not born of a man. Because remember, anybody born of a man was in Adam, and Adam brought sin into himself and into the world. And so anyone born of a man is born into sin. But Jesus was born not of a man, but of the Holy Spirit with a virgin woman. And as miraculous as that is, it has deeper significance in part here because he was not born into sin. Because as soon as we're born into sin, we are disqualified, we are condemned, we are doomed to a life and eternity apart from God. But Jesus was born to a virgin, not from a man. And then Jesus lived his life being tempted in every way, but without sin. Because the moment that he sins, then he is doomed as well. And he is separated 
Because God and sin cannot coexist. They cannot be together. It's light and darkness. Light and darkness cannot be in the same place. Jesus then allows himself to be captured and mocked and tortured before taking on every one of our sins. He allows himself to then be nailed to a cross and accepted every one of our past, our present, and even our future sins. And then he allows himself to be crucified and dying a sinner's death, even though he did not deserve it. Only then to to go down into hell and spend three days in hell for the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that lives inside of a Christian, to then raise him up on that third day and defeat Satan and defeat death and defeat sin and pay that price that we could not pay. And he paid it for us, coming back to life and living forever and ever. So if that's Jesus, and that's the the act of righteousness that we just read about, if that's the the, the act of obedience that God had called him and led him to, then we have have these, these decisions. We have these choices. We have these two sides of this one coin, if you will. Adam's sin brought condemnation, but Jesus' gift brought justification. Adam's sin made us all dirty, but Jesus' obedience made us all clean. Adam's Adam's sin empowered death to be king through him, but Jesus' gift empowered life to be king through him. We have before us life and death. Which one will we choose? We have a choice to make. Jesus is the one who is able to bring you forgiveness. Jesus is the one who is able to bring you justification. Jesus is the one who is able to bring you righteousness. Jesus is the one who is able to declare you innocent. And he is the only one. Because he is that one man who did that one thing. <laughs> and really it was multiple things. But, but, but summing it up here as it's written in that one thing. That one act of obedience that made you fresh and clean, that cleansed you. It's not you, it was not you, and it will never be you. You are not able to remove your own sins. It is Jesus who did that for you. And he was the only one qualified, and he was the only one powerful enough to be able to do that. See, in Adam, we all became mortal. But in Christ, he returns us to being immortal. See, when God created us, we were created to never die. We we were not created to die. Death did not come until sin came. Sin came and brought death. And then all of a sudden, we became mortal. In Christ, he restores us to becoming immortal. Now, does that mean that your body, your flesh will will never pass? No, no, no. It doesn't mean that. But the real you, the spirit That's who you really are, is immortal. The moment that your spirit separates from your body, you don't don't die. Your spirit doesn't die. It goes to heaven or it doesn't. But for us, it goes to heaven and we continue on with a new body, a heavenly body. And we live for all eternity. Let's let's finish this up in in verse 20 and 21. It says, now the law came in to increase the trespass. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, or sin was king, grace also might reign or be king through righteousness. 
leading to eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Grace is more powerful than sin. And we need to remember that. And listen, there's some of you that, that you deal with sin. You're dealing with a sin right now. And, and, and it keeps drawing you back and pulling you back. You just, you feel like you cannot stop that. You don't know how to stop that. Like you want to, you tried to, but you keep finding yourself going back to that. And you recognize the power of that sin. And maybe it's not even that you plan to. It's just, it happens and, and you just, you feel like you just can't help yourself. And there's a power that pushes you to that place. What you have to remember is grace is more powerful than that sin. God's not going to push you or force you into it, but make no mistake about it, it is more powerful than the power of that sin. We're told here that, that as sin abounds, grace abounds even more. So sin is not able to rise to a level higher than grace. If sin rises, grace rises more. If the sin becomes more powerful, then the, if you're in Christ, the grace becomes more powerful. As the power on the sin is turned up, the power on the grace is turned up. But that doesn't mean that we always feel that or sense that or even know how to tap into that. But make no mistake about it, no matter how big or deep or often the sin is, grace is bigger, deeper, and more readily available than the power of that sin. So Jesus' act of, of righteousness gives us the ability to be righteous, to be as if we have never sinned. And if you think about what would it be like if we had never sinned, what would the earth be like if there was no sin in it? It would be so amazing. Listen, let, me, let, me just, let me just make it real, real simple and clear. The Bible says that after sin came, part of the curse that came after that was that work became hard. <laughs> Like, that's it right there. Like, we can all relate to that, right? Like, like, take sin out of the equation, and yes, we will work, but it won't be difficult. We'll actually enjoy it. Like, just sign me up for that, right? But what would that look like in our own lives? If, there, if we weren't born into sin and we didn't fall short of the glory of God, it, that, that there was no sin to be removed, or, or like, we, we were as Adam. Think about that. Adam walked in the garden with God on a consistent basis. God came and they talked and there was no miscommunication. There was no, is that you, God? It was clear. It was crystal clear. There was no fear. There was no shame. This was before God comes to Adam and God says, or Adam says, I was afraid because I was naked, meaning I was exposed. There's no fear of being exposed. And another way of not just fear and shame, but, but there was nothing to fear. Everybody was fully genuine and authentic to the place where there was nothing to hide. And there was no judgment. They were completely exposed and not afraid and not ashamed. I mean, could you imagine the power? When Adam called a donkey a donkey, it became a donkey. I mean, it was already a donkey, but that's what it was. Like, he, he named it, so that's what it was. I mean, could you imagine your life being completely free from sin, and you call something that, and that's what it is? And you have no shame, and you're able to live genuinely and authentically with nothing to fear, completely exposed, 
if there was no sin. Well, when you are in Christ, he has removed and he has paid for all the sin. You have the ability to live as if you have never sinned. And in Christ, God sees you as if you've never sinned. We can't remove all the sins from the earth. Like, like we, can't, we can't go back to that where <laughs> work is easy and it's not hard and we enjoy. Like we can't go back to all of that, but we can live a life that is in Christ where he makes us fresh and clean. Let me close with this. Adam's disobedience brought a disease, but Jesus' obedience brought the antidote. Adam's disobedience ruined us, but Jesus' obedience saved us. Adam's disobedience condemned us, but Jesus' obedience freed us. In Adam, which every one of us born to a man are, we are in sin, and we are mortal. But in Christ, which if you've given your life to him, you've confessed and you've believed what we talked about earlier, that he came, that he lived a sinless life, that he died on the cross to pay the price for your sins, to remove those sins which you are not able to remove, then you are in Christ and you are immortal. It's the sacrifice of the one man that makes you clean. You do not and cannot make yourself clean. So stop trying to make yourself clean. You can't do it. Receive the free gift that Jesus has given to you and continue to receive it. Receive the free gift of salvation and know that you are saved. And all that that word means, it doesn't just mean a ticket to heaven, but you are healed, you are prospered, you are protected. You are a son and a daughter of God. Receive the free gift of forgiveness. You can't earn forgiveness with God. Stop trying to earn forgiveness. Coming to church does not mean you're forgiven. There's no such thing as brownie points in heaven concerning earning your forgiveness. Don't don't think that if you wake up every day and you read your Bible and you pray four hours that that means you will be forgiven. That's good. Try to get to that place. But you don't have to get there to be forgiven. Forgiveness is a free gift that Jesus is offering you and what you need to do is just receive it. Stop trying to earn it. Receive the free gift of righteousness. You can try to follow all these laws and all these rules and regulations. Listen, it's way more than the Ten Commandments. It's way more than the Ten Commandments. And you all have heard me talk about it, and we'll, you'll hear me continue to talk about it. And Jesus even took these actionable commandments to a heart level. And you can work on your actions and your heart, and there's a place for that, and there's a point to that. But that does not make you righteous. Righteousness means right standing with God. What puts you in right standing with God is not as much about what you do as what you believe. Have you received the free gift of righteousness? Received the free gift of justification. So it's one thing to be forgiven and made right with God, but it's a whole other thing to be made innocent. There's nothing you can do about your past mistakes. You, You cannot have them removed. But Jesus removes them as far as the east is from the west. He not only forgives you, but he makes you what we would call justified or innocent. 
So stop trying to live so fresh and so clean, even spiritually, even on the inside, and live knowing that Jesus has already made you so fresh and so clean. And live from that and not to that. Because if you keep trying to go on this spiritual treadmill, just running and running and running, you're just running in place. You're not actually going anywhere. I don't care how cool the graphics are on the treadmill. I don't care if it tells you it's going up a mountain or you're going by an ocean. You are standing still. You are not going anywhere. Yeah, you're getting some good exercise. It's good for your body, but you are not moving. You're just running, staying in the same place. But if you will step back and get off of that treadmill and actually run up a mountain or run by an ocean, then you will actually be moving forward. And what does that represent? Getting off of that treadmill of trying to be and do all these things that you think are going to make you righteous and saved and a good Christian. And Listen, don't, don't run trying to get to that, but run knowing that that's where you're going. He's already made you that. Now you just need to put one foot in front of the other and believe it and live from that. And when you do that, he will make you clean because he's the only one that can make you clean. I'm telling you, I, 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 I have to land the plane and shut this down. But, but listen, I pray that you hear this because this is so important. And just in talking to so many of you all, it's easy to fall into this trap of feeling like I have to prove my righteousness. I have to do this and do that, and if I don't, what does God think of me? What does other people think of me? And we have to shift that mindset to a place of, man, God loves me. He's made me righteous. I don't, I don't get it right every time, but, but he still calls me righteous. I didn't get it right every time. He died for me while I was still a sinner. And that shifting of a mindset won't make you sin more. It'll inspire you to sin less. We're going to talk about that in the next couple weeks. But as long as we're striving to, to, to work this out on our own and become righteous and do right and be perfect, listen, here, I, got, I got a spoiler alert for you. You are not going to be able to do it. Because sin was before the law. And when you don't do it repeatedly, it becomes discouraging. It gets to the place where some people throw their hands up and say, well, why am I even trying this? And then you know what that will do? That will make you sin more. Because if you lose hope, shift your mindset, renew your mind, allow yourself to see this thing and your life in that shifted perspective that different perspective to live from this and not live to this. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.